<laughs> it was the it was uh for listeners that was the thong shuffle you know you're in an asian household with the thong shuffle <laughs> when you can hear the uh, the slap slap of the indoor thongs oh. <laughs> that little uh, do we have rats or just uh, thong wearers <laughs> oh too good and we're back we're back oh it's been a while it has been a while yeah. i actually was racking my brains as to when we last sat down and had a chat yeah and you know um i made that joke the other day when you came in with those big aviators on (laughs) that um you were the asian silo green now that you have a shaved head i was like now that you're wearing the big overhead over ear headphones that you look even more like silo green (laughs) i need my sunglasses (laughs) Uh, yeah and i was like um I feel like I'm doing studio time with, a, with an artist. <laughs> I'm getting so sweaty. My bald head must be reflecting badly right now. The contact you can feel the velour of the headphones. <laughs> it's um yeah either I can see low green vibes when you wear the aviators, um, and also um, Korean breakdancer. Korean breakdancer. <laughs> well, I was thinking of taking up a new hobby now. Yes. Well, we've got a lot to catch up on. Yeah. Because um. You know, I was thinking the other day, when we left off with the audience <clears throat> on our last episode, you had just finished your chemo, the skies were looking good, oh, the, yeah. you know, clouds were parting like Moses and <laughs> the, and the uh, sea. <laughs> it's like feeling good, going out on a nine. And then pretty much everything systematically, <laughs> the wheels fell off slowly um, in the in the next couple of weeks, right? Yeah. So I feel like we should have started the... Uh, the C bomb episodes a bit later because you you peaked, <laughs> peaked too <after>. early. <laughs> I peaked way early. Thought I was through it, and then uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. and I, I'm pretty sure when we last caught up, I was saying, oh, you know, I think your hair starts growing back six weeks after chemo, and mm, you yeah. know, people just say, just keep in mind, it doesn't start growing back straight away. Well, yeah, nobody mentioned it keeps falling out significantly post chemo. What is going on? I know we went away for. Uh, a week and to Melbourne you went away as well and when I came back and you were talking about oh um you know your hair was continuing to fall out and I thought oh maybe just a little bit and then you get back and it was yeah it was like it was grim yeah it was um really falling out and I think that that was something that um I was expecting someone to tell us like yeah tell you that actually maybe you're not out of the water just because you've stopped chemo and there's a big difference between your hair will slowly start to grow back over six weeks versus it will continue to fall off <laughs> yeah. even faster than what it has exactly. been Exactly, at an accelerated rate. Yeah. Yes. So, so uh, to catch everybody up, essentially I had, yeah, post, a week post-chemo, um, got out, then went on a bit of a road trip and honestly my hair was just coming out in chunks on that trip. Um to the point where I had a little photo snapped and I was just like, oh, man, yeah. it's time. Um, and then knowing that I obviously was going in for surgery, a surgery where you can't actually lift your arms above your shoulder height for quite a while, um, we decided it was time and and actually shaved my head. So I'm currently rocking a bald, pretty bald noggin. Yeah. He's actually shaved it three times now. Because basically some hair did start to grow back finally, um, oh. but it was all patchy because I had obviously 
bits where I was completely bald and there was no hair and then there was bits where my hair hadn't completely fallen out and so there was, you know, a bit of stubble. So he's actually had to shave it back three times to just try and get everything even now and it's yeah. looking like now we cultivate, can sort of start. Yeah, yeah. Cultivate the plot of grass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would have been a good um, Halloween outfit actually, uh, <laughs> Patch Adams. <laughs> Helping the kids. <laughs> Uh, but um, I, w- I was really shocked actually because, um, you know, when we left off, I really did think you were out of the woods when mm. it came to your hair and different things like that. So, yeah, I don't know whether that's a um, like a you know uncommon thing because no one actually mentioned it to us or to you specifically. Yeah, I mean, like a lot of things kind of don't get mentioned actually. You find later on, and I, I'd say I'd have had a relatively positive journey through um the whole thing but yeah there's a lot of stuff that doesn't get mentioned for example um i'm now connected with a really great set of breast care nurses that have supported me since i've had my mastectomy operation which you guys know that i was um planning on having and i'd spoken about in the last podcast that we did and and they were like oh and so you know your breast care nurse from Lifehouse, which is where I had my original surgeries, should have told you blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't have a breast care nurse. <laughs> and they were like, what do you mean? You weren't assigned a breast care nurse? And I, I guess because everything just happens so fast no. on the whole. And, I mean, I didn't need that support either because I've been so lucky to have a lot of people around me. But, yeah, they honestly nearly fell off their chairs. They were like, oh, wow. no, 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 you you've been through surgery at a cancer you should have had uh, someone assigned to you for that so yeah there's just a few things that oh don't know that that was an extremely loud (laughs) again what is it with um people over the age of 60 and (laughs) the volume of their ringtones and it doesn't work anyway because um (laughs) like uh, at at the moment uh you know mum's got this alarm set for for some medication yes and so it goes off six times a day Really, really loud, but she doesn't respond to it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. And um, I can we we can always hear it from wherever we are in the house, just going, and it's just like stressful for when you hear an alarm going off, but no one's attending to yep. it. You're like, mom, mom, your phone. Yeah, that happens at our house too. I know. And then I I finally cracked and I changed it from the original Apple alarm to something a bit more festive, <laughs> but now that's that's ruined as well. <laughs> Being haunted by the playful nature of this new alarm that I gave her. <laughs> when you say festive, are you talking like Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas kind of festive? Or? In midi, midi form. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that is a bit, you know, a bit of a miss if you actually didn't even get assigned, Yeah, you know, a health professional to help. Yeah. So there's all these kind of little things that you don't, you, you just don't know what you don't know. And people sometimes just don't think to mention it, I guess, yeah. because they think other people have told you or... Um, or maybe maybe it is not that common because um, even all of my, you know, chemo nurses and the oncology ward, everyone was like, yeah, your hair's going to, like, you made it through. <laughs> <laughs> you kept most of your hair. You're good, you know, yeah. you're good to go. You no must, one there be, sort of said it. You must be a rare case where, like, you've metabolised it slowly <laughs> and then, yeah. <laughs> I must honestly, I went back for my um, Herceptin injection and literally walked onto the ward and everyone was like, what? Like, <laughs> you shaved your head? Why? The last time we saw you, you had hair. Yeah, Christine's really let herself go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, guys, it just kept falling out. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're going to move on to, to other things, right? But I guess it's, it was a weird thing recording the podcast because so much of it was like the anticipation of losing the hair and it never really happened. Yeah. And then just kind of happened 
overnight. Well, as far as I'm concerned, like within yeah, a week. Within I guess. a week. Um, and then when you do the shave, and you know, like you think you know what. You know, when I went sent back to to Ant all those weeks ago, I'm like, have you ever imagined Christine <laughs> Bold, right? Like just now and then, just like visualize it. It's like, oh yeah. It just never prepares you, even if you, even if you imagine yeah. it, because it's different, and um, you know, like it's it's kind of it just changes the the whole look of you, you know. Yeah. And um, I want to just get your opinion on like how you've found it, because I think the other thing that I've really liked too is that you've you've kind of embraced it, like yeah, before I'm out there now. <laughs> you were wearing the headscarf and like doing the styling, but since you shaved it, it's. Yeah, so tell me about Yeah, it's pretty it. liberating, I've got to say. Like once you've done it and it's and from that point of view, it makes me think, oh, I probably should have just done it earlier because I would have kind of felt more, well, it's fine. And, yeah. you know, like being in the shower is fantastic. It's like literally <laughs> every night I get in and I like, you know, wash my head. I come out uh, and everything's dry in like a second after the towel runs over it. So that's quite cool. Um, but, yeah, I had a surprisingly round head. Yeah, like yeah. not very lumpy or bumpy. So that was quite advantageous um, and has encouraged me. And you know why though? You know who's going to take credit for that? Mum. Mum. <laughs> you know, like our generation always slept on their bellies, right? So <sighs> you just have a big forehead but a round <laughs> back of the head. <laughs> and a flattened cheek yeah. on one side. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she was going to this explains this my nose. <laughs> generation of babies lying on their backs all the time because of, you know, Flat sudden infant death. Yep, yep, yep. Flat, unattractive heads. That's it. Not me. Yeah. Right. Great. Great shaped head. I've had many comments about my uh, shapely skull. What's the um, the old practice of measuring the skull to determine <laughs> personalities? <laughs> You'd be killing it. You'd oh, yeah. be like promoted straight to the top. That's it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So it's actually been really liberating. But the the thing is, it wasn't just my hair on my head that all fell out. Like literally, my eyebrows just fell out and my eyelashes as well. Yeah. So I actually only have literally three hairs on my left eyebrow. I can, I can see them. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so... You need to, like, save those hairs because there's probably <laughs> something in precious. there to, to, to break the genetic code of this illness. Um, so, so the weird bit about being bald, like shaved bald, is actually not so much my head because my head shape's turned out to be okay. It's, be, it's that I have no eyebrows, which we spoke about previously. Yeah. It's like when you don't have your eyebrows, you have your face is kind of unanchored. It just is quite pale and floating. Well, you know, they always say that, like, you know, when you're learning how to draw, they say the eyes are actually in the middle yes. of your face, like halfway down yes. your face. And you're like, that's bullshit, right? Because visually the eyes look like they're two-thirds up yep. the head, right? But without the eyebrows, I can kind of see it. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My eyes are in the middle of my head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, and the, the terrible thing about this situation, I mean, you know, it's, it's a very first-world problem, but uh, my hair has actually started growing back and my eyebrows have actually started growing back. But... Not where I want them to grow back. The bits of my eyebrows that are growing back are like basically the bits that you'd want to wax to get rid of to shape your <laughs> eyebrows, like the bits that are closer to my eyelids. And I'm like, how is this fair that In I'm waiting for twist my of fate. to grow back? And it's just oh, a horror show. Yeah. Anyway. But how, how and how are the kids reacted? Oh, so that was interesting. When I first shaved it, they were pretty shocked. They could not stop looking at my head. Mila still asks quite often to touch my hair and feel it. And today she actually touched it and she goes, it not growing back. 
And I was like, brutal, baby. Um, and when I called home um, after I had the mastectomy just to say, hey, I'm okie dokie and speak to the kids and stuff, Max goes, have you got your hair back now? <laughs> I'm like, oh, dude, that is not the kind of operation that I came in for. <laughs> hair transplant. Yeah. While you're doing these, can you just... Yeah, uh, <laughs> just fix up top. Um, but generally they've been okay about it. Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Yeah. Well, that's good. I think that... Um, and have you found it like the... You've embraced it, but have you ever... Talk to me a little about have you felt self-conscious or you feel like people are looking at you different and getting some winks from our ladies <laughs> inclined a certain way? How's it getting um, invited to play hockey or things? Uh, like what's going on here? Hilarious. Um, the, uh, I did put on my leather jacket the other day and I was like, nope, nope, not this look. <laughs> um, uh, I did feel a bit self-conscious when uh, Jackson, before we went out one of the first times, he was like, are you going out like that? Like are you not going to wear it? anything on your head kind of. and I don't think he meant it as in I needed to but it was just more because I'd ha- I'd you, been you putting been yeah, that, yeah scarves on or hats yeah. on all the time um but no generally not I I kind of forget actually that I don't have hair when I'm out and about um and then a lot of people who have known that I've run into you know like in a school community or you know soccer community and stuff like that have just been super supportive like oh my gosh you're totally rocking it it looks great kind of thing a couple of people came up and asked me if I had actually done Schaefer a cure so had done it as yeah okay and I was like oh actually well I do support cancer and I think that's a great cause (laughs) (laughs) but I am actually like living the cancer Um, I'm, so, on the, I'm on the other side of that part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the the most interest I've probably had is from um, the kids' friends. Okay. So when I've, you know, been to, to school, drop off or pick up um, and their friends have seen me, <laughs> a lot of them were like, wow, you shaved your head. But they didn't want to sort of say it. I could just see them all looking at me and I was like, oh, do you like when you, you like when you do? And they're like, Yeah but you look kind of weird. <laughs> and then one of them goes, uh, did you shave it because you had nits, basically? <laughs> I was like, no. And you do not need to shave your head if you have nits. Uh, but, uh, but, but keep your hair clean. <laughs> so, yes, it's most of the kids who just kind of are looking in wonder because they just there aren't really ladies or women in the community who have shaved heads that are just there or that they've, you know, that they see very often. So yeah. that's been, you know, quite interesting for them, I think. Well, I suppose Jada Pickett-Smith, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do get a lot of, uh, you could be, you know, Sinead, Jada, <laughs> rocking, rocking it. The Cranberries, I got a, oh, you remind me of like the lead singer from the Cranberries. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, like I think um, it, it's just because it's not, common i suppose yeah. right like it's not a it's not a common look but uh yeah i mean i think that uh it's so liberating to to have that right has, has yeah. anyone like off one asked you whether they can touch it <laughs> you know I mean, the same way like people who have like <laughs> yes have uh, who are pregnant and they want to rub yeah, like belly and stuff uh no uh, only people that i know like you know yeah. like close friends yeah yeah, they've definitely like had a run and, and actually quite likes it now, now that he's used to it. I think he was quite freaked out um, and it was a bit anxious like shaving it the first time, but now he's he's quite into it. He gives it a little rub as he walks by. 
So how long do you think you'll keep shaving it before you just let it sprout? We think that's it, actually. We've just done the third one and Ants inspected his uh, work and looked at my hair follicle situation as he's been working and he thinks it's looking pretty good for the the all-over regrowth. So I think we've just got to bite the bullet and start growing now because it could be pretty easy to just keep on keeping it short because it looks sharper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're done. Although uh, um, Renee tells me that the barbers at the barberhood are at the ready for when my hair gets long enough to do a sick fade. <laughs> <laughs> so we might uh, we might have a few little goes at some styles along the way. Get a Nick Curios style line put in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> put a few patterns in. All so. right, well, enough about the hair. Yep. Sorry, you know, curiosity about it. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the surgery. Yeah. Because it was um, obviously a big deal, um, pretty serious thing, but it happened very quickly as well. Yeah. So um, do you want to kind of just like recount a little bit of uh, how the experience was and 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 how it went through? Yeah, absolutely. So I think because um, it wasn't that long, it was only probably about two and a half weeks post my last chemo before I went in for the surgery. And what was actually good was we had that one week break where we went away. So, yeah, yeah we did a little family holiday and did a drive around and stuff. And that just really took any kind of stress out of it. Like I started feeling a bit anxious while we were away knowing it was coming up because we were going to come home and I had two days and then I was going to be in for surgery. Um, but because we were having such a good time and, you know, we're really chilled and relaxed, it actually I think helped the situation. So yeah. took a bit of that anxiety away. Um, and then the breast care nurse called me to talk me through everything and just really took stress out of it she like really stepped through this is what you can expect this is what's going to happen and so basically it's about a um three and a half hour procedure that you go through um and essentially what I was anxious about was the plan was that we were going to remove the breast tissue so do the mastectomy part and we were going to go direct to implant um in that one hit but um your implant size is essentially limited by your skin stretch, kind mm. of like what, you know, they think they can get a cosmetically good result with based on, you know, how far your skin can stretch. Um, and so I obviously, if I'm going to go through all this trouble, didn't want to go from the size that I was post three kids breastfeeding to, you know, stay the same size. So I said, <laughs> yeah. let's push the envelope a little bit. Let's kind of go out there. Um, And the surgeon said, look, that's the one thing that I'm worried about. I'm worried that we might not be able to get you just straight to, you know, the size. And we're not talking like Dolly Parton here. (laughs) We're just talking like, you know, you know, a cup and a bit um, up. And Uh, so... The Cadbury (laughs) Glass and a half, full cream (laughs) milk. Uh, So she was warning that if she felt that she couldn't get a good result um, and it would compromise the skin that she would essentially put an expander in and so it would become a multi-step procedure. So you get an expander put in and then every so often you go back, they pump a bit more air in or inject some fluid. I can't remember what it is. but um, And then essentially when you get to the stretchiness of the skin that you need to get to, then they would replace the expanders with your implants and, you know, then you start your healing process. But I was really wanting to avoid that because part of the reason that I decided on the implant solution was because I wanted to avoid the kind like of... One and done. Kind yeah, of exactly, thing. the yeah. multi kind of stuff. So that was a bit that I was a bit anxious about. Um, but we got through it 
got you know went through it did it all yeah so you go, you're like go to sleep saying, will i have new breasts at the yeah, end of this or exactly. will i have essentially a blow-up pump <laughs> yeah exactly am i gonna be like really disappointed when i wake up or am i gonna be really happy so woke up and the boobs were in the implants were in so um was pretty happy but what I wasn't expecting was that you would not be able to see most of it because yeah. they – so they bandage you up really well but they also put on top of – for me anyway, was on top of my nipples and most of the breast was sort of covered with this thing called a pico and it's essentially a negative pressure pump that helps the wounds to heal and, and yeah, kind of just helps with, I guess, compression continually for seven days. So that's on you. So you don't know what your nipples look like. You don't know. It's like know. a vacuum sealer? Like what's going on here? <laughs> it's like a, a negative, negative pressure, they call it. Mm. Um, so you've got to be completely sealed up. No air can get in and all that sort of stuff. So they've got, they've wrapped like tons of tape around you. I had been expecting that the drains, so they basically put two drains on either side of you, which helps to carry away the liquid and the waste and all that sort of stuff essentially to get stuff out so you're kind of leaking like blood and disgusting things into these drains that you carry around with you and they're they're big like i i didn't really expect yeah, that there's yeah. like very long pipes i guess coming out of you um that you have to put into little bags that you carry on <laughs> either side so you've got those two drains plus your little pump from your side so you've got three things in each bag on either side of you and you've got to get around with those things for a week or so yeah and they're battery operated. The yeah, the pumps were battery operated. So they had a little battery pack that, you know, keeps them going. Mm. So, yeah, so you wake up in recovery and you're super groggy and, um, you know, it's another amazing sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but, you know, like it kind of builds up in your system, I think, like having been under general for the third yeah. time in, you know, quite a short period of time, I suppose, relatively speaking. Um, and then you were kind of on painkillers for a couple of days and they're just trying to get you as comfortable as possible and make sure that you're comfortable with your drain situation because you also have to change the bags on your drains every day. You have to take note of the amount of liquid that's in each of those drain bags. Well, um, you don't have to change the bag, do you? So when you're in hospital for the first couple of days, the nurses will do it, but then you obviously take it home and so you change the bags. So what they keep you in hospital for is, A, to make sure that you're okay, you know, the medication's all right. There's no kind of signs of infection or anything like that. Um, and that you're also confident enough that you'll be able to go home and change your drain bags by yourself. Oh, man. Yeah. I didn't know you had to change it yourself. Well, I guess who else would change it? But yeah. all I'm imagining now is like, do you remember back in the day when there were water coolers? Yeah. With like the never fail pumps? Have you ever watched someone, um, you know, and they turned upside down? Oh, the yeah. Have you ever watched someone try to, you know, change it? It's, it's always a calamity because you have to open it and then like flip it over fast enough with enough yes. strength and to like get it in. Slam it down, yes. And um, I've seen some disasters in my time where like it like falls over or it's like a lady doing it that's not quite, you know, tall enough or strong enough and it just goes everywhere. Yeah. So I was kind of imagining that. But uh, I do remember when I came to, to see you. So, um, you know, came mum and I and, and Rose mm. came to see you. And, uh, yeah, I was like, um, are you going to the library or something? You're carrying like two library bags on both <laughs> arms. <laughs> and then it's I realised inside the little satchels were your pump bags. Yeah. <laughs> it was just yeah. so funny because you look like this little bag lady like going to the library because um, <laughs> they were those Hessian bags. Yeah. And, yeah, the tubing is pretty serious. Like, yeah. It's, um, 
quite long. Oh, yeah. So the, And the tubing on the outside is quite long. But what I was actually shocked about was how much tube is inside you. Like when they Ooh. remove those pumps, there is like the length of the, the thing that's inside you is pretty much like the length of you. Oh, I might be exaggerating a bit, but it's almost the length of your forearm. Like it's oh like a, it's like a long. Can you tube feel it like inside pulling you. inside you? So, I you can feel it pulling when they're taking it out. Yeah, no, absolutely. I just mean like wiggling but, in like normal day. <laughs> so you can feel it sometimes on your nerve. So what happened was one of them was sort of bumping up against a nerve that was giving me a lot of pain on one side. Um, so that was a bit well, pretty annoying, obviously. It was uh, tempered by a lot of the painkillers and stuff, but every now and then I get like a, just a really sharp, you know, stabbing pain. Um, luckily that was one of the first drains that came out. So I got some um, yeah. relief before I left hospital. So we managed to take out a drain from each side before I left hospital. So I left hospital with just one drain and a pump on each side um, after a sort of two – was I there for two nights or three nights? I was there for three nights I think. Um, yeah, three nights and it was actually super restful. Like I thought I'd be – bored in the hospital but actually it was fantastic I was just you know like I was loving the the because you can you can't have to sleep yeah on your back because you can't roll around with drains in and stuff like that so I was loving the the adjustable bed to sleep in um I don't know if it's just because it's private and most of my hospital experiences previously had been public but in public hospitals I feel like every night when you're going to sleep every two hours or something someone's coming and waking you up and doing obs and you know administering medication and stuff like that did not happen um in in this case I literally only got checked when I woke up and you know had paged a nurse for something um so I slept really well I could order off like a food service. It was like, it was honestly like being on a health retreat. It was yeah. amazing. The well, even they had like a garden of healing or something, which, healing. which is where we met. Yes. And, where um, I literally sat and I read my <laughs> books. And <laughs> Yeah. I think it is a public private thing. It totally. Yeah. Um, so I was very, very impressed with the experience. Obviously, I'm sure it costs a pretty penny well I know it well, you does know, because, you know it does <laughs> <laughs> yeah because I looked at what the claims are from my private health insurance man that that private health insurance I've been paying for my whole life has definitely paid back um but yeah it was it was really well handled and you know um it was good like the the care that they showed the the amount of contact that you get even post having left I've already seen my surgeon twice and the breast care nurse rings me each week to check in and make sure they're kind of always on call if you need them for any questions that you might have um and if they're not there then the ward number that you've been discharged from so it's all quite um you feel kind of supported yeah which is really good um and yeah it's been okay like the first couple of weeks were really tiring like I was Mm. sleeping a lot um to heal really tender um particularly at the top like across my chest it was really tender and then a bit restricted in my movement but I've been doing my exercises every day you're super Um, itchy as well weren't you oh that was yeah so the bandages like being bandaged up like that I just couldn't access my skin and my skin was just under there like crawling with itchiness Mm. so I was yeah having like double histamine doses every day to kind of keep it just under control because that was just driving me insane as well and felt felt very very uncomfortable at some stages yeah so yeah so back home now back home now how are you in terms of being healed up um so I 
I'm definitely better this week. Like in the past week, I've noticed my energy levels are better. I don't have to sleep every day and have a nap. Um, So I've kind of got the stamina now to keep going. I still can't lift anything. So that's a good reminder sometimes. I think having something like that in place makes you not over, you know, overdo it. Um, But I'm back to kind of you know, doing pretty much everything else, like driving, I can lift, I can stretch my hands overhead and, you know, reach stuff myself because obviously for the first two weeks I couldn't do that. So Ant would have to come and <laughs> get that cup. There's a surprising amount of things that are above shoulder height. That when <laughs> they you... are when you're like five foot two. <laughs> <laughs> five foot three. Five oh, foot sorry. Three. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, he had to keep coming and, you know, getting a glass down or, you know, something off a shelf, you know, on the top of the fridge or things like that. So um, all of that's made his life easier. I can hang the clothes up now. I can't carry the basket down to the clothesline, but I can hang clothes up and, you know, so that's taken a little bit of the pressure off. Um, yeah. yeah. And and kind of uh, cosmetically when yeah. you look at yourself in the mirror, like how happy are you? So I'm actually really happy with the results, um, like when I'm looking at myself in a mirror naked. <laughs> <laughs> but then I look down and like when I'm wearing, you know, a jumper or a top and a stuff and I'm like, I could have gone bigger. Because <laughs> you, you know what it is? It's like um, have you ever had this feeling where you walk through somewhere like JB Hi-Fi or a place that sells uh, TVs, right? And you're like, <laughs> they're obviously the massive TVs there. And you're like, oh, no, I couldn't possibly go any bigger than a 52-inch TV in, in my, the size of my room. And then you take it home and, and you kind of get used to it and you're like, I could have gone bigger. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm bigger. like, yeah, I think I could have pushed the envelope on this one. So <laughs> Get the expanders out. <laughs> yeah, yeah should have gone the expander out. I should have gone for the dollies. should have told her I'm aiming for a D. <sighs> but um, in terms of like how like how happy you are with kind of it, it's it's something that you know you're you're fine with and you yeah I'm pretty happy but um look it's not I actually do have to go back for another operation um so the so the cosmetic appearance and everything when you're looking front on looks pretty good but there is a um so there's a bit of a divot on the top of one of my breasts which is just a little bit more tissue has been taken out there than probably on the other side. Um, and I have rippling. So I, I'm not sure if I mentioned that in, my, in the previous times that we've spoken about potential impact, but essentially because I'm pretty thin um, and there's obviously no tissue or fat kind of up then um, on the top of my chest, when I lean over, you can definitely see this thing called rippling, which is essentially you can see the texture of your um, implant kind of coming through. It's kind of mm. looks like a... Yeah, like kind of a bit of wave. Um, And to be honest, anyone else would have to look quite hard to see it, but I can see it and the surgeon can see it when I lean forward. So uh, post sort of the bulk of summer, sort of back end of Feb, uh, maybe March, when I've had quite a good chance to kind of heal up as well, I will go in for fat grafting, which Mm. is essentially taking some fat off, another part of my body and then injecting that across the top and you know into the bits to fill like the divot and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that kind of honeycombing things they do. Yeah, so so that is going to be another operation. It's a it's a day surgery, but um it's kind of like liposuction, right? Yeah. Form of liposuction. So I I guess I hadn't really connected those two facts like when um when people when I when I 
been told about what I would need to do if I did have rippling. I just thought, oh, it was like, it's a little bit of sucking this out of there and just injecting it at the top. But it is essentially like liposuction in terms of the actual procedure. Mm. Um, So my colleague who has had it done was warning me to say, actually, it hurts more than the breast reconstruction um, because you go, you know, black and blue basically. You bruise up and it's like you've been like whacked a hundred times, you know, kind mm. of with the with whatever they need to – the tool that they need to use, I guess, to get the fat out. Um, so she said just be aware of that. She was like for a week she was not comfortable with sitting, standing, sleeping, anything. So – um, so I've got that joy to look forward to. So that'll be good. <laughs> Did they give you any directions to build some fat reserves or does it not work like no. that? No, <laughs> no, they have not given me no? that no advice, no. But you can't take blood from a stone. Like, <laughs> don't you need to give them a little bit of... Uh, I'm sure they'll find that. She said the thighs look like they'll probably be the right area to kind of oh, go well, after it. But I was like, maybe you could just try the stomach first and then like we'll hit up the thighs. <laughs> 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 do my neck <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah oh my gosh I think that's loose skin though they might need to suck that back somehow anyway I can actually see though how you know like because before I never really thought about cosmetic surgery yeah for myself personally but um you've crossed the Rubicon now <laughs> yeah like I used to joke about getting a boob job sort of thing um but now that you've kind of gone th- like now that I've gone through it and I can see it, I can see how people would might potentially get addicted to it in the yeah. sense of, oh, well, I got through that, you know, like it was it was three weeks of pain or, you know, four or five weeks or whatever. You know, maybe it is worth thinking about doing this because that's just a little thing that will make my life a bit, you know, yeah. nicer looking. Um, and so, all the dominoes start to fall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I can get that too. I was going to ask you, like, has it changed your opinion on cosmetic surgeries? Because I think that part of the, a big part of the reason why most people probably don't get it is more a fear of it going wrong rather than not wanting it. Yeah. If they're really honest with themselves, right? It's like, if you could give a guarantee that um, whatever you pain that you went through, it would turn out like the the outcome would turn out visually attractive, people would probably do it, right? They're just worried that you're going to be on a botched kind of. Exactly. A show of botched surgeries or whatever and, and you yeah. you just ruin something, right? Exactly. Um, but no, that's uh, – so So you get the fat graft and then after that it should be just – that's it. And that should be it in terms of surgeries. And actually something that I have neglected to say in all of this, the most exciting part of this obviously other than me getting a new pair of boobs is that my pathology came back because what they do is they send off all of your breast tissue – um, from both breasts for me in my case um, and they slice and dice that a thousand ways and check that um, really thoroughly to make sure that there's no signs of any other you know cancerous indications and so both breasts came back clear on the pathology so oh, that wow. was um, a big hooray celebration yeah excitement because that was another bit of I guess anxiety nervousness that you get just before you go in to get those results from the surgeon because if it does come back that there is something wrong well you were kind of back to okay we've got to we've got to put rate you know do radiation on your site and that can well that would definitely mess up with my skin the implant the whole yeah surgery so that would have been a whole other hurdle that we had to cross so I'm very very lucky to have gotten through that as well yeah well that's what's most important right 
So, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's, I know when we were talking about the surgery before, I was processing and thinking, gee, this is amazing. And I have like no faith that they can do this properly <laughs> because it sounds so complicated. I mean, put it this way, right? Like I've gone into pay for like haircuts and I come out <laughs> and I look at, I look at the length of my sideburns and one's like lower than the other. And I'm thinking if they can't even get the symmetry right on like both sides of the head in front <laughs> well, of a mirror. Got the mirror there. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, how are they even getting the press right? Have you, have you checked that? Are they the same level? Um, because yeah, but obviously this is um this is all right because yeah, I was wondering about that. Or oh, not not in too much detail by the way, but more just like the level of breast droop, right? Because yeah, yeah. you're lying down. So how are they actually Well they sit you up. Oh, they set you up? Yeah, they do oh, they okay. sit you up, they check everything. They um apparently they did try shoving a bigger uh, a bigger size in, which was not uh, not successful, or not not successful, but they thought it looked like not great with the uh, like yeah, <laughs> stretch of the skin and everything. Do they have a panel of men and stuff? So it's like, <laughs> no, too too big. Now. Too much, too much. Back it up. Um, yeah, so so they um they do check all of that stuff and oh, wow. yeah, make sure that it's kind of it's even and you know she's very 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 work proud my um surgeon so. She wants to make sure that you have a really good cosmetic result, which is why she'd said to me, um, you know, like on a scale of one to ten, how important it is, is it for you to only have one surgery rather than a, a follow-up? And on a scale of one to ten, how important is it for you to get the right cosmetic result, you know, so that she knew exactly, um, yeah, what the order of importance was. And by the way, the order of importance for me was actually to get the right cosmetic result because if I was going through it all... Yeah. I also wanted to, you know, feel really good about myself and to be able to look at them and be really happy with what I had. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, look, I think a lot has changed since we, we last had an episode and a lot yeah. visually has changed, <laughs> yeah. you know. No yeah. hair, no eyebrows, but boobs. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that thing. I was thinking that that analogy we spoke about by the middle-aged balding white man driving the Ferrari, the convertible <laughs> down the, I think it was a Porsche actually. I had a convertible. Convertible down the thing. <laughs> and you said, oh, I'll be bold like, with a rocking new set of tits down. I think that has come, that premonition has, has come is, to life. Yeah, right? I but must have manifested it somehow. <laughs> put that energy yeah. out there, that bold man energy out there. <laughs> but um, I guess I want to just finish with, uh, with a bit of a thought around in terms of the mental side of we spoke about before this idea of are you at the end of the journey or you still have, you know, rivers to cross. How is that playing out for you? Do you, are you starting to feel like it's occupying less and less mental real estate for you as it goes on and you're giving yourself a break from it all? Or is it actually still lingering over you in terms of trying to process um, what you went through? Yeah, I definitely think it is the former. I am thinking about it less and less. And particularly because I've got a positive result and we're operating on the basis that I am cancer-free for all intents and purposes, you know, like we're doing the cleanup job now. So that feels pretty good. But there are times when I'm sort of reminded of mm -hmm. things. Um, you know, post the last time I had my Herceptin shot, I was actually wiped a couple of days after it and I was – like exhausted, exhausted, like really had to take to bed and have a really good long sleep in the middle of the day, which is not like me at all. And um, I realised that I, I probably hadn't expected that. I thought that, I, you know, getting through chemo was the hardest part and then it would just be kind of the surgery and then I'd carry on and it would be all good and I'd be kind of – I knew that I wouldn't be back to normal, normal, like energy levels, but I wasn't expecting to be wiped like that for a couple of days. Um, and so it was just a bit of a – 
a kind of sobering reminder, I guess, yeah. that it is still happening and there's still stuff to get through um, and not to be as flippant, I guess, or to, to think it's kind of done. So it is that balance of positive mindset and not obsessing about it because it's just it's something that's happening and we're just getting it done versus, well, you know, it is actually serious as well, you know, <laughs> like and and you got to give it the due kind of uh, attention that it deserves in a way and I mean that even not just in terms of me thinking about how to take care of myself in the best way from a health point of view but also how to live with that um, real joy and that feeling of like being lucky to have found it, treated it, you know, been at the right stage and been able to then, you know, carry on with my life and not take that for granted. Yeah. 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 Well, that's, that's really interesting because I was, I was wondering how th- that would have taken place, right? And, and this idea that when people go through chemo and stuff, you're in the trench. So sometimes you repress certain things mm-hmm. and people need to process it after versus actually giving yourself some time off to, you know, think about something else and have normality come back, right? Mm. Um I also want to talk to you about when we went through the seabomb, we had that weekly practice of gratitude mm. to different people. And I just wanted to ask you a question around because we haven't done the the recording for a number of weeks now. Yeah. Have how have you felt? Did that kind of carry on in other ways or did you did it actually drop in terms of thinking to yourself like who's the star of this week who's the who should I need to thank this week yeah um so interestingly um I have had still a really great level of support you know and I think I mean obviously I've been through major surgery so people have been kind of cognizant of that and you know highly in tune with that but um one of the things that you get warned about is that you finish chemo and everyone thinks that that's it and you're done. And so the care kind of really comes off the boil at that stage yeah. and people checking in and, you know, all of that stuff. But actually... I used to get a full lunch cook for me. Now I get a ham sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. First it was the vakasha, then it was the white bread with the ham, the round ham. Um, but, yeah, it's... Um, I, I People are still you know, checking in all the time. Um, obviously we both kind of get quite a bit of, are you going to record another update? We feel like we really miss you, like hearing <laughs> from you every week. Um, so, yeah, people are probably checking in in a way more because they were used to getting a weekly update and so feeling like they were still really connected and now they're like, oh, I haven't heard from you for a while. I need to check in on you because I haven't heard from you. Yeah. So I have still managed to feel very grateful for that because I'm so surrounded by it. And then obviously because um, you guys and Anne have had to lean in so much with um, being able to cover me, not being able to do everything that I usually do in the recovery from the surgery, I've felt super grateful to have um, Anne around. And, you know, it's it's been good, I think. And then having more time at home with the kids and yeah. all of that stuff, there's even – it sounds really funny, but even having this happen at this particular time of life where Mila is like so animated and just hilarious, but it's just a lot of fun seeing her and the, you know, the interaction between her and Max and Jackson and stuff. So even just having a bit more time at home, like even though it's under kind of sad circumstances, yeah. it's actually been 
really, really like a really joyous kind of time as well. I can see that, yeah. Yeah, so it's almost like the COVID effect, you know, like there's the downside of being trapped at home in COVID, but then the upside was, well, this is, you'd never get this time to be with your kids ever. So, you know, I do still feel quite lucky and grateful that, you know, the timing is kind of played out as such, so... Yeah. And also Christmas, right? Like, uh, let's be honest, it kind of lined up really well. You yeah. Know? No more depressing stuff for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We should be good as gold. We'll be able yeah. to go on our family holiday and yeah, should be all right. <laughs> well, that's good. I think, um, uh, yeah, I think we should maybe leave it there for this week yeah. and then um, maybe as we progress and anything you think of, maybe we can give a little update later. But uh, yeah. Sounds good. Nice talking to you. See you next time. See ya.